Welcome to Biblio Observatory, a new series of the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I am Yvette Villarreal, Biblio Observatory hostess. And I am Caroline Smith, the Inclusive Services Consultant at the South Carolina State Library. This is a special transmission from Columbia, South Carolina, to explore the universe of books and stories that people treasure from their childhood and how those stories define the lives of people touched by them. And today we have our first guest with us. We have Deborah Muriel DePauli. Hi, good afternoon. And it's such a joy to have Deborah today with us. Uh, she's living in South Carolina. How long have you been here in South Carolina? 14 years. 14 years. And before, she was in California. That's so right. we have for you today a great uh, a story uh, that Deborah is going to share with us. And then we are going to connect with those stories she heard when she was a little one. All right, that sounds great. And Deborah, do you want to tell us a little more about what you do now or what you, your background was in California? Sure. So I have worked in public education for 30 years. I started in Escondido, a little town outside of San Diego. And when I was only 17 years old, I started working with migrant farm laborers and their families, providing health services and educational services. So since then, I've worked at a lot of different public schools, and only recently I've transitioned away from public education. I now work in advocacy, um, advocating for policies that support early childhood success. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking here, if we had um, elementary school a student mm -hmm. or a teenager with us today, we don't have it, but we would love to have it in the future, perhaps. Mm -hmm or receiving questions from you about um, our guest. Uh, today I have this question like, how a teen, because you were 17 years old, what uh, inspired you to do that? So my fifth grade teacher was my inspiration to become a teacher. She had grown up very, very poor in the Appalachian Mountains, and she told us just incredible stories. So I knew I wanted to be a teacher, and in California, there's such a large Latino population, so I thought, oh, I really need to learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I got a job interview and had that opportunity to do home tutoring and community services with Latino families, um, which I saw as a step toward becoming a professional educator. Wow. Can you tell us a little more about your teacher? So Miss York, I know that her husband was military. We had a large military marine base um, near where I was born, near where I grew up. And she played guitar and she told us stories about herself. So if we all finished all of our work by the end of the day, she would take some time. And I remember she would sit on her desk and play her guitar and sing for us and tell us stories about her childhood in Appalachia. And I just thought she was amazing. She had long <laughs> blonde hair. I thought she was a goddess. Um, but I really remember one story that she told. Her father had never gone to school at all. He was not literate. And even then, and that would have been in 1980, 81, um, when she wrote letters home to her dad, the postmistress would read the letters to her dad and then write a response to send back to her. And that just, 
amaze me, the idea that someone could have never gone to school, never learned to read. Um, mm-hmm. But it was that personal connection that I felt with her that really inspired me to become a teacher. That's a great story. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, how old were you at that time, like an eight? I must have been nine or ten. Do you you remember any story when you were a younger? So my dad had lost his sight when I was four years old, and he became completely blind. He wasn't just legally blind. He was completely blind. So he would get books on um, tape and books on record, Mm because, again, this is the 70s, um, and they would come in the mail Mm -hmm. from the Library of Congress and other other services. Mm -hmm. So of course he would order books and magazines for his own interest, but then he would order books and and magazines on record or on tape for us and also braille Mm -hmm. books. So we would get these huge heavy boxes delivered to our front door with these braille stories Mm -hmm. in them. Um, And he would read those to us. He was able to read braille, Mm -hmm. but then he also made up stories. Um, reading Braille is super, super, super difficult. Mm-hmm. And even though he was pretty good at it, it's it's still, you don't get to read as quickly as you would mm-hmm. read a regular book. But he made up stories um, for my brothers and me and told them to us. Um, and so the, some of those, and of course he would make us be part of the story. So those stories were something that had a huge impact on me. But also just getting to listen along. If he was doing the dishes or folding laundry, he would have a story that he was listening to or a, you know, a fiction or a nonfiction book. So besides all the books that I read as a little girl, um, I got to listen in on so many more mm-hmm. books and stories. That's great. That's great. And I can see all your description. Mm-hmm. I, I can see the, a movie in my head mm-hmm. right now. With and I love hearing about the, because um, here we have Talking Book Services located sure. at the State Library yes. and hearing about how that's used. And That's a wonderful, wonderful story. I would love to um, hear too about how those stories have supported you or perhaps have inspired you later on in life. Is there an, um, any particular story that it has been like uh, your charm, for example? Oh, gosh. Um, I read a lot as a child, a lot. Like, mm-hmm. we were the kind of kids that my parents would take us to the library, we would check out the maximum number of books, go home, read them all, go back and do it again. Um, so there are some stories that stick out in my mind. Um, I really enjoyed all of the Little House on the Prairie series. Um, there's another series called One of a Kind Family that um, tells the story about um, a Jewish family in New York City and their daughters and how they grew up. Um, and then this, my dad really liked to listen to travel journals. Um, so I feel like those stories opened the world up to me. So even though I lived in my tiny little corner of the world, um, as growing up, I was able to experience stories of things that happened all over the world. I had a a storybook. Well, it wasn't a, it was a, a nonfiction book written by a missionary who had lived in India, just telling stories mm-hmm. of some of the children that she had worked with. So all those things kind of brought the world to my to my bedroom, to my home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really helped me stepping into 
a career in education Mm -hmm. and now a career in community advocacy um just providing for me a very multicultural Mm -hmm. perspective so that as I grew and studied and traveled it was easier for me to relate to people that Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily just like me Mm -hmm. because I had read so much. Mm -hmm. I've heard so many times that reading builds empathy because you're able to imagine what it's like to put yourself in someone else's shoes and yes their experiences. Yes absolutely and I would I would definitely say so and I think um when you read a lot, and like you were saying, Yvette, you get the movie in your mind. Mm-hmm. So all those books, especially the ones that I read over and over and over, I see those movies in my mind, and those characters and those people are still there mm-hmm. in my head, you know, decades later, um, providing that backdrop. And I think it also has really helped me, giving me a historical context, mm-hmm. um, seeing how individual people in in historical fiction and in nonfiction historical books, how they influenced the community and the political decisions mm-hmm. made during their lifetime, but then also how those political events influenced them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another um, factor, just really helping me see that history is not, history is not a boring subject you take mm-hmm. at school. History is just learning about people and the lives that they lived and the challenges that they overcame Mm -hmm. and sometimes the persecution that they faced. Mm -hmm. And were there any stories that you found um, you could share with the kids and families that you worked with that were inspiring to them in the same way? Yes, absolutely. Um, You might be familiar with a book called Esperanza Rising, I think mm-hmm. the, the yeah, title is in English. Yeah, I love that story. Yes, um, and growing up in California, working in the Latino mm-hmm. community, working with hundreds, thousands of families who that was their family mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, families coming to the United States, sometimes being promised things they were mm-hmm. never given, families who came to work hard mm-hmm. and sacrifice um, to see their children have a better future. That and has I, always been very, very inspirational. I, one thing I enjoyed about that particular story was that she had a very privileged lifestyle in Mexico, yes. and then she came here, and just the stark contrast of her life before and after the immigration. Sure, and I think that story is powerful because that actually is the case that happens with mm-hmm. some families. Some families, of course, are fleeing poverty, persecution, um, you know, other other horrible situations. But one of my best friends in California actually grew up in a very privileged home um, in Mexico City. Her father was a physician, and he came to the U.S. when she was a teenager, but the program that he was promised didn't pan out. Mm -hmm. So she came, a similar story from Mm -hmm. living in this beautiful home with staff and everything to just being another person in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. California. So yeah, those, those stories are really impactful. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to ask? Well, I just would love to hear from our community out there mm-hmm. about um, our in podcast mm-hmm. today. And when we think we are a nation of immigrants, uh, Deborah's story brings a lot, a lot of insight. Mm-hmm. So and I think pro- it's important. Um, you hear about the importance of more than one story. And so our immigrants in our country have so many different experiences, both before and after they arrive. 
Absolutely. When I was teaching fifth grade in California, um, that's when you teach U.S. history. Mm-hmm. And most of the ch- well, most of the children in my class were either immigrants themselves or their parents mm-hmm. were immigrants. And it was so interesting teaching them the history of this country. Mm-hmm. Like the the story that your family is writing right now is the story that every other American family, other than indigenous people have been writing for the last two or three hundred years. You're mm-hmm. just the newest chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. But you know, right now you might not feel like you belong with other people in, in our community, but you are just the newest chapter in the book, and your what your family is bringing to this country is the next contribution, whereas you know my family or other families might have brought their contribution 70 years ago, 150 years ago, but that story continues. Thank you for being here with us today, and thank you to our listeners. You can find Bibli Observatory on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so send us your comments and suggestions for future episodes. Bibli Observatory is a collaborative literacy initiative to connect our communities and children with the joy of listening, reading, and writing those memories from childhood that changed our lives. Thanks for listening.